It's a new BCAA survey which tested drivers' knowledge of school zone laws and rules rates us a D grade, showing there's some serious homework due to protect kids as they head back to school this year. A survey conducted by Leger here to sort of unpack some of the details is BCAA's Director of Community Engagement. A pleasure to say good morning and welcome back to Sean Pettypass. Sean, good morning. Hi, good morning to you. Good to have you back with us, Sean. Let's talk about this survey. You conducted it actually a few days before school began in mid-August or so. Tell us about the results, because some of them were pretty eye-popping. Absolutely. You know, every year we have data that shows that school zones are pretty dangerous places, and especially during those first few weeks back to school. So we wanted to understand a little bit more about the why behind they're dangerous, why they're dangerous. So What we did is we did a survey, we talked to British Columbians, and we asked them some questions. And what we learned is that there's some serious knowledge gaps between what they know and what they're actually doing. So things like where to stop at a school zone, when do school zones end and begin, speed limits uh, out of school zone times. They were all areas where British Columbians just didn't know the answer. So, you know, coupling that knowledge gap with some dangerous behaviors, and it makes school zones all that much more dangerous. Well, it is, and it's kind of bizarre that if you, and I'm looking at some of the numbers here, Sean, 81% of us BC drivers know, the, for example, the speed limit in any school zone anywhere in our province is 30 clicks. And school bus stopping laws, those red lights start flashing, you stop, that's the end of it. We all get that. 81%, 88% understand and know this. But the next number is 74%, Sean, And that's 74% of drivers don't know how to tell when a school zone ends. That's a bit of a surprise. You know, it is a bit of a surprise. And then they don't know what speed they're supposed to be going. And it causes a confusion. Really, at the end of the day, when you go into a school zone, you see a sign. It says school zone uh, or something of the like. And then on the other end of the school zone, you'll see on the opposite side of the road, that same sign facing the other way. And that's generally how you tell. But What's more interesting is maybe people know what the speed limits are. But when we did our survey, we also asked about behaviors. And 80% of our surveyed uh, respondents, they witnessed speeding in school zones. So even though 81% of us know the limits, we're not following them. And let's talk about some of those bad behaviors, too. Uh, Oh, and by the way, one of the other ones, and this is one, frankly, that I'm not 100% sure about myself. So help us with this one. According to the survey, again, 42%, Sean, don't know the speed limit when school is not in session. What's the answer to that? So this one's a bit of a tricky one because it can be community dependent. Some municipalities, some communities have different rules. So it's really important that you know what's going on in, in your small area. But in general, generally speaking, when school's in, 8 to 5, speed limit is 30. When it's out, it's back to 50. But again, many municipalities across our province have instituted a full-time 30-kilometer-an-hour rule because if you think about it, just because school's out doesn't mean kids aren't playing in that playground or congregating or or whatever. So really, in, in my mind, whenever you're going through a school zone, you have to be extra diligent. Right. And now it says also 69% of us are confused about stopping in a school zone. What are the rules with respect to that specific? Because that that blends really quickly into bad behavior. So let's understand the rule first. You know, again, generally speaking, every school zone is going to have drop-off and pick-up procedures. They're going to be school-dependent, and the school determines what those are. So it's a parent's responsibility to figure out where and when you're supposed to drop off your child. But, you know, what we see is, 
parents are just trying to rush. They're just trying to get through, and they want to get their kid dropped off, so they're stopping on crosswalks, so they're encouraging their kids to cross at unsafe places because they want to get through it quicker. But what it's doing is it's creating a dangerous situation for every other driver and child in that school zone. Well, and of course, because it gets, and, and you're right, uh, the one of the biggest uh, factors that you're just mentioning there, and you sort of breeze past it every quick, I'm going to return to in a hurry. Because, of course, yeah. Sean, it's first thing in the morning. You're off to work. you got the kids. You're going to drop them off and away you go and everything's happening at warp speed and it just has to be you've only got seconds to touch down get the kids out and move along and it seems to be uh the 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 urge for for speed and dispatch seems to sort of almost knock everything else off the priority list and you see it every day outside most schools and and parents some parents are are more frustrated than others because they're just trying to follow the rules and get their kids safely into school and resent uh, the speedsters and, and those in so much of a hurry, they just stop caring. You know, absolutely. And no one sets out to do dangerous behaviors in a school zone. But what ends up happening is there's a whole bunch of people that descend on this small little piece of land every single day yep. trying to do the exact same thing. And that's why drop off and pick up procedures are created. And that's why there are rules in place so that you don't create that chaos. But what it comes down to is all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got to get to work. I've got to drop off the, the, the kid. Right. I, I go through it myself. I drive. I, 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 I take my daughter to the bus stop. And, you know, at the end of the day, let's just slow down a little bit. Let's plan ahead a little bit more, especially during these first couple of weeks, because all summer we haven't had these routines. That's in place. right. It's been very different. So now we're back to making lunches or we're back to, you know, rushing in the morning to get out the door. So if you could just take a step back plan a little bit more, plan the night before, uh, uh, leave a couple minutes early. You know, there's really good tips around reducing that congestion too, because if, maybe you don't want to be part of that whole uh, busyness. Yeah. You can park a couple blocks away, walk your child to the school. That, that helps reduce congestion, maybe bike to school. You know, there's lots of different ways to get through this safely, so all children are safe. I'm curious, you know, when you do these surveys uh, at BCAA, obviously you're the automobile associations, you're talking about drivers, but when it comes down to the school zone surveys on an annual basis, have you ever included crossing guards as sources for your survey? Because I'll bet you they've got a lot of stories to tell, Sean. You know, we, we do hear stories from... Uh, principals, teachers, crossing guards, other parents, uh, school bus drivers about people blowing through red lights on their bus. Um, we, we hear a lot of horror stories. And what we hear about is a lot of near misses. And near misses are when something almost bad, yeah. something bad almost happens. And those are really scary because that could be a fraction of an inch away from something truly terrible happening. So, yeah, we, we hear a lot of those stories. And that's why we're out every year talking to British Columbians and parents and making sure that we all take a little bit of extra time, follow the rules, and get through the school zone safe. Yeah, Sean, you talked about those five key tips that BCA has sort of boiled things down to uh, in terms of school zone safety. And I'm now no school's back officially, but it's still sort of settling in. And a good reminder is not a bad thing. You've already mentioned, for example, the notion of parking a couple of blocks away where there's tons of parking and walking the kid to the front door of the school. It's quite it's calm it's relaxed you can actually have a conversation and you avoid all the all the traffic congestion that's one of the five tips what are the others yeah that that, that one's my favorite because you get a little bit of exercising you get a bit of uh, a little bit of air first thing in the morning and yeah it really does reduce congestion because yeah. more of us did that 
But some other really important kind of things to remember, and I mentioned this one too, but it's really build in time to prevent rushing because once you're out there, you know, it's, it's just trying to get through it. But if you build in a little bit of extra time and anticipate that school zone congestion, uh, it's going to be a lot easier to get through. A really big one is just follow the rules. I mean, there's speed limits, there's places to stop, there's things not to do, don't drive distracted. Just follow the rules and it's going to be a lot more safe. Another big one is really expect the unexpected. Yeah. So maybe you're driving through and you're following the speed limit, you've reduced down to 30, but that doesn't mean just go 30 and, and, and just keep going. It really means you have to look around. You have to look for a child who potentially may dart out between two cars mm-hmm. or you know, the old ball rolling across the street kind of thing, because you never know what can happen in a school zone. Uh, and then finally, this one's really important, too. It's, you know, focus on what you can control. You can't control that person in front of you who's maybe doing those dangerous behaviors, but you can control what you do. So really focus on yourself and how you're behaving in that school zone. And if we all do that just a little bit more, it's going to be a lot more safe. Indeed it is. And uh, in terms of, of these tips and, and so on, are they, they're available uh, on the website? You can visit us on our website and you can take the quiz yourself and see if you get a G grade or if you can do better uh, and, and, and a lot more a lot more safety tips. Just in case we're into a little more humiliation early on a Saturday morning, let's go somewhere we can get a D. <laughs> but, you know, Sean, it, it's not, I mean, it's funny that way, but who wants to inflict such such humiliation upon him or herself at such an early point in the day? But your, your point in terms of our attitudes towards school zone safety, we do uh, quite rightfully deserve a D and we do have to do some homework here don't we we do it's it's really about you know we mentioned the speed limits in different communities just make sure you know your own rules and and get through it safely because the last thing we want is something to happen to a kid I mean we're all in this together those school zones exist our children need education so let's just make it as safe as possible well a, a very timely appearance Sean we do appreciate your joining us this morning yes school's been in session for a couple of days but really after that I mean the first day lasts what a half an hour the first week is just it comes and goes in a flash now things are settling down now the routine is becoming established again and now it's even more important to pay attention to those school zone safety details thanks very much for this important conversation to have Thanks for having me. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.